This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. There is a growing push by many companies who use straws and or plastic bags to remove them from their daily operations. Companies like SeaWorld, Royal Caribbean, and IKEA have joined that list of other firms looking to remove single-use plastics. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi hopes to have it all out of his country by the year 2022. And the goal is to hopefully significantly lower the 8 million metric tons of plastic that end up polluting the oceans and waterways around the globe. To discuss this call to arms, we are joined on the phone right now by Beth DeSombre, who's a professor of environmental studies at Wellesley College. Beth, great to have you with us today. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Uh, You're seeing this shift uh, play out, and and obviously it's a very important move by some companies, but I I guess the question for a lot of people is, what do you think, how far do you think this can go, and what do you think the impact can be? Well, the the question is, how far does the impact need to go? This okay. is just a teeny, tiny start in where we need to be to completely change our relationship with plastic. Getting rid of straws by some companies or some restaurants or even some states or countries is a is a good start, but it's a very small drop in the plastic pollution problem. And again, this is a problem that not only needs to be addressed here in the United States, but it's one that needs to be addressed globally as well. Is it being addressed globally in some locations? Sure, it is. In fact, a lot of the the plastic bags, plastic bans that have started have started elsewhere in the world. Um, Some of the first ones were in, say, Bangladesh, um, which was the first country to really phase out plastic bags. so yes, there are there are isolated places around the world that have done taken actions to address plastic pollution, but um, it needs to be much broader and many more items. And, and that that eight million metric tons obviously is a, a massive amount. And what's amazing uh, is that when you see some of the videos or you see some of the pictures of how it is impacting waterways, oceans, streams, creeks. And to a degree, it it almost feels like it's a lost subject on some parts. It's it's what do you mean by a lost subject? Well, not it's one that is not discussed enough. It's not thought about enough by the general public. Yes, it's it's invisible. I mean, most of the plastic pollution in the oceans is far out from where we think about it. You know, you don't think when you have a disposable cup or a straw you're not thinking about effects on ocean life. And that's, in fact, the reason that this is made possible, is that all you're trying to do is drink your beverage. You don't think about, and you don't really have reason to think about the effects that it's having more broadly. Is there a possibility then, well, changing mindset is a is obviously a very hard thing to do. Uh, and I guess the question is, can we also have a move within the general public to be able to make this shift. Obviously, these companies are, I would guess, reacting to the uh, the expectations of, of various uh, 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 
people out in the public and organizations that feel like this is an important move. But it feels like we need to have even more from the public at this point. Yes and no. So on the one hand, I think it's helpful and important that people become aware of this and that some people start to demand change. And that's why this change is starting to happen, is that activists are managing to make a difference in some public opinion and in policy and in expectations. But I don't think the solution is changing the views of the public. I think the solution is changing the underlying systems and structures. So that I don't, I think it's fine if most people aren't thinking about this all the time. We have busy lives. We have plenty of things we have to accomplish in any given day. I don't want the future of pollution to rest on people on their own individually deciding, oh, I should be careful about what plastic I'm using. I want the bigger structural and systemic changes so that when I go into a restaurant, I'm simply not served anything with plastic. I'm not having the option of having disposable plastic given to me so that people don't have to make that decision. I'm sorry. Finish up. I'm sorry. I was going to say, on the one hand, you need some level of public awareness to actually get these measures enacted. But I would rather have the measures enacted so that we go about our lives and the the ways that we purchase things and the way that we interact with the world doesn't involve a lot of disposable plastic without us having to make the individual decisions to make that happen. The, the interesting thing surrounding straws, and I'll, I'll touch on that for a second, is that there have been uh, other materials used to make straws for quite some time, yet seemingly it, they, have ne- they really just haven't taken hold. So uh, I think there's a couple reasons for that. Um, one is that there hasn't been a reason to, right? If if I've just normally used a plastic straw in my restaurant when I'm serving people, um, there's been no reason for me to try anything else. Um, the other thing is that, I mean, there are... Plastic is used because it's actually a useful material. Yeah. It's lightweight, it's sturdy, it doesn't disintegrate, um, you know, Paper straws, if you've ever tried to drink out of a paper straw, the sort of ones that have been around for a long time fall apart when you're eventually. And that's, you know, that's why they're not so bad for the environment, but it's also why they're not as useful for drinking. Um, And so there's this interesting feedback loop that, in a way, we will invent better ways to, say, make straws or make containers um, when we have to do that when people are going to have to not use plastic straws anymore, then that sort of incentivizes people to invent better versions of straws that aren't going to be problematic. I saw numbers uh, yesterday, 500 million straws used in the United States every day. And what's amazing is that that's about 4% of the global total. It goes back to something we were saying a moment ago about this being a global issue. But you think about 500 million straws, that is a lot of drinks, whether it be sodas or water or whatever, each and every day being used and then obviously being thrown away. But you know what? Here's a different question. Why are we using straws at all? I mean, sometimes yeah. people, you know, there are people with disabilities who that's the only way that they can reasonably drink. And of course, they should be using straws. But I don't know about you. On my dinner table, when I set the table for dinner and I pour a beverage, I don't put a straw out. I drink right. out of a cup. Right. Um, so we've come into this mindset of we have to have a straw in a restaurant. We have to have a straw in a takeout place. 
But in fact, you know, some of this is not let's have a better straw. It's maybe we don't need a straw at all and rethinking kind of how we engineer what we're doing in the first place so that we don't need to create that pollution. Well, and that mindset came from a couple of different perspectives, just thinking back on it, uh, my personal experience. One is that anytime you went to a restaurant, a server automatically when they when they would bring you a drink, whether it be soda, water, whatever, put that straw down right on the table. It was it was an automatic, whether you asked for it or not. And then the other part to it was whether or not you were getting a a, a an actually one hundred percent clean glass coming back from you know from the server. You know if if it was actually cleaned properly when it went through the rinse cycle. Uh, sure. Um... I'm not sure I understand the the question about well, or the because the mindset the mindset of the consumer was kind of geared to that you know ah. that that was the tradition that was the that was the pattern that that had has been there for decade upon decade it's 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 the idea of breaking with tradition breaking with pattern right but it's but one of the things that you find is that changing behavior especially when the system changes it's a little weird at first. If you're used to having a straw when yeah. you go get your drink and you don't get a straw, you know, that feels a little weird. But it doesn't feel weird for very long, especially, again, since most yeah. of us drink without straws at our at our homes during our dinner times. Um, also joining us, Kartik Chandran, who is an environmental engineer and professor at Columbia University. He joins us from South Korea today. Kartik, great to have you with us today. Yes, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. So with with the moves by some of these companies, how important are they in your mind right now to be able to try and, and make a shift, which is obviously a much needed one, to try and deal with the use uh, the issue of single-use plastic? Yeah, I, I, I think this is uh, these are steps, obviously, in the right direction. Uh, these are, uh, I, I guess... These are similar to addressing uh, perhaps the symptoms and perhaps not the underlying underlying uh, issues, uh, broader issues that deal with uh, the, the whole issue of plastics and, and using fossil carbon for for commodities and, and so on. But I would say these are these are absolutely needed and uh, these are these are absolutely steps in the right direction. So then, what do you see as the ways to be able to change this? How do we deal with with uh, with uh, with plastics in general moving forward? Yeah, so you're right, and that 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 really is the underlying issue, right? And so plastics are are very attractive because they are uh, because they are from a materials perspective they are very robust, they are very flexible in terms of uh, uh, their applications. Uh, on the other hand, there uh, some of these very properties make them uh, make them uh, also very uh, well. They they have very negative consequences from an environmental perspective as well. Uh, there are there are some new some relatively relatively newer directions uh, uh, in, uh, uh, that might allow us to address the the overall plastics uh, issue. Uh, the first one uh, is uh, it, it just the first one uh, relatively novel direction is the is the is our shift towards uh, biodegradable uh, materials, including biodegradable plastics, and also. Uh, biologically derived materials, including bioplastics, which are also biodegradable. So that that kind of somewhat closes the carbon loop, uh, the fossil carbon loop. So we're not just mining fossil carbon and then just uh, dumping the, com- the the waste commodities back into the environment. Uh, this allows it to, uh, allows us to close the loop in terms of being able to take some of the organic wastes and 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 produce materials which are biodegradable and biologically produced as well. Uh, and so this is one of the this could be one approach to mitigating uh, for now 
and perhaps uh, over the much longer term, perhaps eliminating the the fossil-derived plastics uh, issue as well. Part of this, Kartik, and I mentioned this with with Beth before, uh, but I wanted to get your opinion. Part of this also is dealing with the issue uh, of all of this plastic that ends up being uh, uh, put in dumping sites or being put back in, for some reason, put back into the ocean or put into the ocean, I should say, which is obviously impacting the uh, the health and well-being of a lot of uh, creatures that are living in the ocean. And and that, to me, is partly a an issue that has to be done dealt with with government and with uh, society in general. Can I jump in for you for a minute? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, because the first thing to, to say is that most of the plastics that are getting into the oceans aren't getting to the oceans because we're intentionally dumping them there. They're getting in there entirely incidentally from just the sort of lightweight blowing or sort of getting hmm. in, you know thrown away into streams or, I mean, flushed down sewer systems. Uh, the microplastics and other plastic-related things that we flush down our systems. Um, so on the one hand, I'm absolutely on board with the idea that the government has to be behind this, that we actually need rules and incentives and prohibitions on uses of different types of plastic, and that that will help incentivize the use of these newly available materials and, in fact, incentivize the invention of even better and more new, new materials. Um, but we shouldn't delude ourselves that it's, you know, sort of governments making bad decisions about dumping. It's literally, you know, billions of individual people using plastics, and they are on their own making their ways to the ocean. Cardick, go ahead. Yes, I, I would I would second that also, and and the, the uh, along similar lines, the the most recent example is the the the, the movement in India, uh, uh, very recent, where uh, sure, and there are government regulations and all those there, are, uh, and in most countries these are not enforced. So ultimately, I think uh, an issue like this, a global issue like this, a somewhat personal issue like this, will have to be uh, dealt with more on a personal basis. And uh, indeed, uh, I was actually quite quite uh, happy to see. Uh, individuals and groups uh, uh, taking the initiative in terms of even cleaning up uh, existing plastic pollution. And in addition, what needs to be done is also minimize our our contributions to the environment in terms of plastics and other other similar materials as well. Well, what do you think then the the potential of the move that uh, Prime Minister Modi of India announced about having uh, these types of plastics out of his country in the next four to five years or so? How impactful is a statement like that? And obviously there's the follow through. uh, But uh, how important do you think that will be, Kartik? I, I think I think it's crucial, and I'm again. This is something very positive in my in my in my view, and it's not just a. Uh, if I can just digress for just half a, half a second, it's not just a plastics issue that uh, that has been taken up by the by the by Prime Minister Modi's government and himself. It's also the sanitation issue. Till about a decade ago, this was really not at the forefront of anyone's minds in in uh, in the overall Indian context, but now. Uh, in uh, well, uh, there are some initiatives which are in in which India is really taking taking a leadership role, which could not even have been imagined about it less than a decade ago. And so, statements like this, perhaps with with some concerted action and follow through, which is crucial, absolutely. But I think statements like this uh, and 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 positions like this are 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 very important. Beth, Beth, your thoughts. Well, and they also signal, so on the one hand, statements that are then followed by regulation or incentives are important, but even making those sorts of statements put companies on notice that they should be thinking about other ways of handling their materials use or 
organizations. So it, it sort of mobilizes the processes of coming up with alternatives. Um, another one thing I would think, of, think about is things like the idea of extended producer responsibility that's uh, had a pretty strong showing in the European Union, for instance, where people are responsible for taking back, or companies are responsible for taking back the packaging materials, for instance, that they use. You know, we're talking about straws and cups and bags, but there is so much plastic hiding even behind that. You know, anything that my local coffee shop, if I don't take a straw, that's great. But I've noticed that all of those little muffins that are sitting in the display case actually come individually wrapped in plastic, and they unwrap them every day to put them there. And if the company that is sort of making them or delivering them had to take back all of that plastic, it might be thinking about different ways of sending the muffins so that they don't have to each be individually wrapped in plastic. 844-942-7866 is the number if you would like to join in with your comments or questions. Dan Lona here in our studios in Philadelphia, joined uh, on the phone by Beth DeSombra of uh, Wellesley College and Kartik Chandran of Columbia University, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. But when you think about the business aspect of it, Beth, and you mentioned it a little bit, that you know these are companies that I've Obviously, and, and I mentioned a couple at the top, companies like SeaWorld or Royal Caribbean or Ikea, they use a, a mountain, mountainous amount of these types of products over the course of a year, let alone the course of a week. To make that shift, that's a one, it's a, it's a fantastic statement for them about where their mindset is uh, about society in general. But two, it's a challenge to be able to, I think, to be able to make that shift, correct? Absolutely. And it's for them, at least initially, a costly thing, um, because it's harder to do business in ways that doesn't harm the environment. It, it, often the things that you, the changes you have to make are going to be harder and more expensive for you. A place like SeaWorld, you know, can sort of frame it as part of its mission. If you're, if you are concerned about protecting the oceans and presenting the oceans, um, you know, then you can sort of sell this as something and it, and it can be good PR for you is I, I think where, uh, where it stands at this point that companies are willing to do that. Uh, but that's only going to get you so far, and it's only going to get you so far in you know companies that really would benefit from that level of attention and that have the ability to get around uses of plastic. Uh, you know, For the rest of us, it's really going to take rules and incentives to create reasons you know, for the, for the most of the businesses in the world that don't have a lot of public attention where nobody's going to notice whether they commit to not using plastic or not. Are you confident that we may be able to get to that point at some day? I have to be confident, um, you know, that because we need to. So it's, it's a long slog. This is not easy. Making environmental change is actually incredibly hard. Um, but it's encouraging to see that we're starting to make some moves on plastic, you know, by individuals, by companies, by countries, by cities, um, making these changes. And I think that will help, right? It will help snowball because it will help create new ways to do things. And once we see in some places that it's been possible, other places will say, oh, it wasn't that hard. We can do it too. So it is, you have to start somewhere. And these are excellent starts, even if they're not as far as we need to go. Seattle is apparently uh, making that move coming up uh, in in the next few weeks. Uh, They're going to, they want to get rid of the use of plastic straws and eating utensils in and around the city. So, I mean, again, it's, it's when, this, 
when the government, when the city government or you know the national government comes calling with an idea and you can get the business community behind it, you're you're talking about the best uh, the best of both worlds here, Beth. Yes, and think about also why Seattle might be doing it. And I don't know specifics about the Seattle legislation, or I don't know that much about it. But another thing that's going on behind the scenes is changes in recycling processes with response to uh, China's new almost ban on taking in foreign recycling. And a lot of U.S. recycling goes to China. And so now a lot of U.S. recycling areas have a bunch of plastic they used to be able to send to China. They're not going to be able to send to China anymore. It's a lot harder to deal with it. So if you're a city dealing with your waste, you would rather get plastic out of your waste stream. Um, So, you know, it, it is a good thing that Seattle's doing, but it's also probably helpful to Seattle as a as a city dealing with a waste problem to try to decrease the amount of plastic waste it then has to deal with. Karchik, your thoughts? Uh, I, I, I think I, I think it's a combination of uh, well, the regulations have to be there, and uh, uh, but what also strikes me is uh, that I think. Uh, uh, for 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 a variety of reasons, regulations coming up and being enforced and and being followed in the in the in the West, uh, typically uh, are what many many other nations also aspire towards. So I think uh, yes, I, I think uh, at some point we we will see uh, we will see the snowballing not just in the West but also in other parts of the world as well. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting the the economic implications uh, for for cities themselves. Uh, uh, I'm not really sure what happens to solid waste and plastic waste uh, in terms of uh, the waste being exported to other nations uh, in the, from a developing country context. But uh, I think regulations and enforcement of these regulations will only be beneficial. Thank you both for your time today, Beth. Thank you very much, Kartik, as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.